when you seek that which you believe is not already here, or attempt to fight that which you believe shouldn't be here, you are always trying to get out of this moment because this moment is not acceptable. This moment is not okay. You're actually trying to get out of reality. You're trying to find something other than reality. And that's why it's so painful and infuriating and ultimately why it never works. There's a possibility that this is seen, this is recognized. There's just total disillusionment and a total exhaustion and a frustration and then this opening into what already is and what already always was and what you always have been. What we've taken it to be is not what it is. And you're going, it shouldn't be here. And you've got this argument with reality and that creates all this suffering that we're talking about. This is a perfection that embraces imperfection and perfection. And it therefore transcends, per, to call it perfective isn't even the right word because it transcends all our human ideas of perfect. It's perfect beyond perfect. You know, it's just like this one inseparable happening, doing itself. And therefore it's free to kind of express in every possible way. It's just a shining forth of itself and its potentialities and its infinite pregnancy for possibilities. And so all you're seeing is this, is the actualization of all these possibilities. What is arising exactly? Without referring to any memories about it, it's a passing of energy. Anything, any, any arising can serve as a way in to the heart of reality, into the heart of yourself. When you really investigate, do you find anything other than aliveness or simply life itself? Even the things that we habitually deem as unacceptable serve as a way into truth, a way into reality, an opportunity to investigate the actual nature of this phenomenon. What is it all made of? Has it been made with some material outside of reality? Is the good stuff one reality and then they've got a whole thing that's outside of reality to make the bad stuff? You know, it's like, it doesn't make sense, does it? Reverse out and go, oh, I'm already here. You know, it's already full. I've just misperceived it as something, that's all. I just misinterpreted. And it's an innocent misinterpretation, but it's just a misinterpretation of, of what's actually occurring. You're listening to the Non-Duality Podcast. This is Nick Hyam from nisagayoga.com and here with me is Paul Dobson for another closer look into the nature of this. Anything, any, any arising can serve as a way in to the heart of reality, into the heart of yourself. So that could be a headache. When you really investigate do you find anything other than aliveness or simply life itself? Mm. So even the things that we habitually deem as unacceptable or undesirable serve as a way into truth, a way into reality. Everything is real. A headache is real in so much as a headache arises within reality. There's no other context, there's no other space for a headache to arise other than in reality. Yeah. And because it's arising in reality and there is no other source, there is no other substance, that headache is nothing other than reality. 
but it doesn't have its own reality. And the label given to this aliveness isn't absolute. The word is simply a symbol. And the question in this inquiry is, what does the word headache symbolise? It attempts to represent that which is indefinable. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing about this um, whole real versus illusion thing as well, isn't it? It's, you know, you hear a lot in these um, Eastern traditions, our reality is an illusion. You know, this is all an illusion, the play of Maya, etc. And this is as real as it gets. I mean... It depends what you mean by real, of course, but I mean this is this is really happening right now. This, whatever this is, yeah. what we've taken it to be is is maybe not what it is. You know, that's illusory. What we've taken it to be, it's a real arising, but it's not a headache. Yeah, it's sort of like attempting to define a ripple in a pond. Yeah, exactly. It's not something you can put a box around and go, "That's a headache." I mean, no, not actually, but there just seem to be the ability to divide and define things that way fictitiously yeah and as soon as there's a headache there's the possibility of someone with a headache an individual somehow defined by this experiential ripple but you can investigate it as an arising of 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 what what is arising exactly i mean what if i don't call it anything and just feel into the direct arising without any ideas, without referring to any memories about it. It's a passing of energy with a personal label attached to it called my headache, my problem, I'm suffering. And then whatever comes, and then you've opened the the suffering can of worms, which goes, poor me, I'm going to be stuck with this forever. All of the little stories that go along with that. If you stay completely present with it, it's actually not, not as as horrific as uh, the stories in the mind make it out to be. Absolutely, there is that. And there's also an opportunity to investigate the actual nature of this phenomenon. Yeah. It appears as a sensation. Put all your ideas about it, your concepts about it, just to one side and be with the raw, direct, sensory experience in its most basic form. And just notice it has a certain texture, patterning, vibration, or frequency. It has a certain weight and speed. A notably nuanced flavour of existence. Exhibiting delicate gradations in tone and expression never before witnessed. And this isn't the only flavour of existence, of you. And when we cease habitually defining it, it's liberated. It no longer has to comply with the mind's expectations and judgments. In a way, it's allowed to relax back into its entirety, Mm. into that boundless context in which it springs. And it has a certain neutrality about it, neither bad nor good. Simply a momentary ripple of reality. Yeah. How can we say what is good or bad? You know, we haven't, unless we've got the bigger picture, we can't say what's good and what's bad and what should be there or what shouldn't be there. Reality is, you know, 
it is an infinite intelligence. I mean, whatever this is, is an intelligence beyond our comprehensions and our ideas of, of intelligence. It's just incredibly like it knows what it's doing basically and then to call it an it makes it personal but it's not it's just, whatever it is it knows what it's doing well yeah life is aware it's awareness itself it's conscious it's consciousness itself it's intelligent it's intelligence itself you know yes and you're going it shouldn't be here and you've got this argument with reality and that creates all this suffering that we're talking about but yeah how do you know it might be the best thing for the whole that could possibly happen, you having a headache, you know, it might set off a chain reaction. Who knows? And his oak chain is literally called the great perfection. And they always, they're always talking about how perfect everything is. Mm. Perfect beyond our ideas of perfect is what they keep driving home um, is their main message. And it's like, I mean, they're not just making stuff up. Like that's, that is the bigger picture. But from this, from our usual limited you know, ego-driven mind point of view, it's it's not like that. It's our kind of subject-object cause and effect point of view. Everything's not perfect. This is a perfection that embraces imperfection and perfection, and it therefore transcends, per, to call it perfective isn't even the right word because it transcends all our human ideas of perfect. It's perfect beyond perfect. Yeah. Love beyond love. You know, it's absolutely loving, absolutely compassionate, and absolutely accepting yeah yet those words have to be provisional because they're tainted with our existing notions of them and those existing notions are wrapped up with so much suffering and aversion and delusion so you have to hear it in that mm. way that those words are provisional and it's talking about a love beyond love a love that in that includes both love and hate actually that is free of love and hate. We're talking about an acceptance that also accepts rejection. You can't settle, nothing sticks to you. There's nothing fixed about you. And again, the suffering is this belief that you are fixed and that you are this fixed entity that has a lifespan, that has to achieve certain things to prove the entity's worth and validity and to amass to embellish itself with more mm. because of this insight that as an entity you are separate and therefore limited which is true if you are an ego if you are an entity you are limited you are separate you're not whole but there is no ego there is no entity they are just more concepts it's not like there's an ego and God or uh, a separate entity and a true self. It's our attempt, isn't it? Within our limited human frameworks and concepts to kind of, to point towards something. Because the, the starting point is wrong, like that everything's personal somehow, personal to a me. But what the me is, is more of a pattern, kind of this mm. outspring of that original source, mm. this little fragment we take ourselves to be isn't personal in the way we we believe it to be yeah god is the a word for this one inseparable happening this one system doing itself and therefore it's free to kind of express in every possible way it's just a shining forth of itself and its potentialities and its infinite 
pregnancy for possibilities. And so all you're seeing is this is the actualization of all these possibilities. There's no personal agenda in any of it. Absolutely. It's like what Remy said, living on the lip of insanity, knocking at a door, trying to find a weighing, and then the realization, I'm knocking from the inside. You're not trying to get into this infinite room of reality. You're actually trying to get out. Mm. When you seek that which you believe is not already here, or attempt to fight that which you believe shouldn't be here, you are always trying to get out of this moment because this moment is not acceptable. This moment is not okay. Mm. You're actually trying to get out of reality. You're trying to find something other than reality. And that's why it's so painful and infuriating and ultimately why it never works. There's a possibility that this is seen. This is recognised. Mm. There's just total disillusionment and a total exhaustion and a frustration. And then this opening into what already is and what already always was and what you always have been. I mean, yeah, that's the aim of any of these things, isn't it? To, to the mind to see beyond itself and go, oh, actually, I can't, I can't do this. Like the mind just seeing its own limitations and just, just for a second opening that there's an opening kind of happening to... Mm something beyond kind of its i mean what we call a mind what even is a mind to be honest it's not an actual thing that's there's not an actual thing called mind we talk about mind like there's a thing called mind it's a kind of again it's like a pattern of reality it's but um you know we talk what we call mind is kind of thinking and concepts and ideas and it's basically a bunch of concepts and and think and thoughts using themselves to go beyond themselves is, is what inquiry is, isn't it? Yeah, well, a thought tries to point or tries to represent something in the apparently external world. But do you find anything removed from the thought? Do you find, so just take anything, um, a cup, there's a thought or a concept about the cup, but without the concept, without the thought, can you say for sure that there is something? Because without thought, without concepts, there is no thing out there. And there is no out there, as opposed to an in, in here. There's no inside, there's no outside, there's no subject and no object. Uh. That whole structure requires thoughts. They are just provisional stories we tell ourselves because it's, it's what we do. It seems to be what we do in this manifestation, in this dimension, in this human dimension, we tell stories, we get lost. It's not like you are telling yourself a story and therefore you are wrong in doing so. It's that that is part of nature as well. Storytelling is just as organic, just as natural as any expression of nature. You know, the flow of the river, the, the movement of the sparrow's wings. It's all a natural organic flow of the natural state and so is thought so is the ego so is getting lost suffering so is a sense of limitation and separation it's all the natural expression of of that which you always are whatever is present is nothing other than that one reality there's this there's life it just is and that is kind of non-duality, really. It's not, you don't, you don't sort of intellectualize into a philosophical view of the world where, um, 
you know, I need to somehow become one with that tree and I need to view it as awareness and, oh God, I need to, oh, I'm not getting it yet. I'll do some more awareness practices. It's like, well, no, if, if suddenly all thoughts and memories were removed from your system somehow, surgically removed by some technology, you would be in non-duality. You are actually in non-duality anyway, but it would be more obvious. It would be, it would just would be incredibly obvious. But <laughs> the funny thing about that is there'd be no one there to uh, to go, oh, hey, this is non-duality. <laughs> That's the thing about non-duality is that it's bittersweet. Uh, they say enlightenment, enlightenment itself is bittersweet because... There's yeah. no one to realise it. No, well, that's it. Can you find, right now, can you find a subject? Because if you could, you'd have to admit a further subject. So if you can find a subject, maybe in the head or in, in some part of the body or wherever it is, if you can find the subject, then what is that subject that has found that subject? Yeah. So, and then what is the subject of that? And you can go on ad infinitum can't you looking for this ultimate subject oh, that's the thing yeah and um that can be really revealing and and really s open up experiencing to something very profound and spacious and it's not really like that you find an ultimate subject you don't find a conclusion it's it's the looking itself that does that kind of experiential expansion um that clear seeing it's dizzying isn't it because it just because what you find is infinity because there's no, there's no end to it. It's completely open-ended. It's not like, oh, here we go, got the subject now. It's like, well, now actually, <laughs> if you've got it, then you're still not back at the subject, are you? Because <laughs> that's an object. <laughs> we know that we've got experiencing. And what is experiencing but this kind of observing, this encountering or this sort of undergoing of the totality of a single dynamic isness? It could be said that what we are as humans is just, just little various like patternings of energy that create this prismic system that this pure perfect absolutely impersonal light of life is shining through and depending on your prismic makeup it kind of mm. that will be your personality and there's not anything wrong with it it's a perfect rainbow of what it is it's a it's a perfect expression That's of it. that prism the only mistake is to take that personally and go, oh, I've made myself somehow. I am my own prism. <laughs> yeah. And, and even that so-called mistake is, is part of part perfection, of it. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing. The light is all. Like, it's more like, reality is more like a work of art as opposed to like a puzzle to be solved. Yeah. It's like infinitely nuanced and exquisite. It's like a really fine wine. And you go, oh, why isn't? And you keep it keeps revealing itself to itself. Oh wow, a bad mood isn't just a bad mood. It's this complex energies of of just miraculous arisings. And I've never experienced this bad mood before. It's just this bad mood is like a, you know, <laughs> year eighteen fifty five whatever wine. Yeah. It's like appreciating like the nuance in in these kind of different subtle states of uh, of reality you know as opposed to heavy-handedly going oh i don't want this this is bad this is wrong this shouldn't be here it's like um listening to a symphony or something you know like a piece of music and sometimes even if it's you know got dissonance in it it's 
it's perfect you know it's beautiful dissonance can be beautiful it's just pure creativity isn't it yeah and um that's what this seems to be this this moment of experiencing is nothing other than the outpouring of love and creativity yes maybe we can't say why or even how maybe we can't find a purpose in it and mm. um, we'll look at a flower and we can ask the question why is it beautiful and the mind will find lots of different reasons it's, it's to attract insects it's to this and that but there's no need to find meaning in it or because as soon as you find meaning in this dynamic outpouring of whatever it is that meaning crystallizes it and turns it into something seemingly solid that becomes an o another object to hold on to to define yourself with when actually there's no subject and object really there is only this brilliance right and that brilliance is that you could say pure subjectivity yeah really there's no subject because if you could arrive at a an absolute subject that itself that subject that absolute subject would be another object because what is the subject of that what is the what is the knower what is the observer of that ultimate subject you'll never find one yeah this is why we then use words like awareness pure awareness or pure experiencing oh this this is the thing isn't it this is mm. <laughs> this is how we work though like we think it's somewhere else we're seeking this oneness you know we're seeking to unite things what can be helpful is to approach it the other direction and go well let's find see if there's any evidence whatsoever any conclusive evidence absolute evidence in my direct experience right now that there's two-ness or manyness, and really rigorously explore it and see if you can find any evidence that says mm. there's a me here and there's something outside of me and we're separate things and we can be we exist separately to cut a long story short you can't do it <laughs> because your experience is seamless you know mm. as i've said before you can't surgically remove parts of it and remove it from experience you know it's like you can't remove yourself from the rest of experience you know it doesn't even make sense to say things like that it's just nonsense can i find any evidence whatsoever that this right now it isn't whole it isn't the absolute if you think you found something you've stopped too early like if you think you found a conclusion then you've actually stopped you've stopped too early yeah I'm currently perceiving a bad mood and I don't like it you know yeah. but then follow those things back further okay what's it all made of has it been made with some material outside of reality is the good stuff one reality and then they've got a whole thing that's outside of reality to make the bad stuff you know it's like it doesn't make sense does it because because you're already there you can quickly reverse out and go oh, I'm already here you know it's already full it's already I've just misperceived it as something that's all I just misinterpreted it and it's an innocent misinterpretation but it's just a misinterpretation of, of what's actually occurring <laughs>